This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, it appears that Alabama's attorney general is joining yet another lawsuit against the Biden administration. AG Steve Marshall is joining the states of Florida and Georgia in seeking to have immigration law enforced more completely at the U.S.-Mexico border. Marshall says that the priority of the Department of Homeland Security has been determined by the U.S. Supreme Court to be that of arresting and deporting criminal illegal aliens. Marshall says that the Biden administration is not just moving away from these laws, but is completely ignoring them. The AG says that this issue is not just a serious safety concern for Americans, but also a financial burden on law-abiding citizens as well with the continuous cycle of incarceration and release rather than deportation. A state lawmaker is very optimistic that SB 184 will get a full House vote. That bill is the Alabama Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act. State Rep. Wes Allen has offered a similar bill into the legislative process that bans the use of puberty blockers, hormones, and gender reassignment surgeries for those under the age of 19. However, it was Senator Shea Shellnut's identical bill that made it through the Alabama Senate at a quicker pace than Allen's bill. Allen recently spoke about the prospects of voting on this legislation before the Alabama 2022 legislative session ends this week. Allen spoke with 1819's Jeff Poor on Talk 106.5 out of Mobile. So we're uh, we're poised to get that on the floor. We're working uh, to get that on the floor this week. And it is a bill that bans the puberty blockers and the cross-sex hormones and the surgeries for minors, any, any individual uh, under the age of 19. This is a bill that protects kids and protects minors, and that's what it's about. And we're looking forward to getting a vote on it, final vote, sending it to the governor this week. Allen is a state lawmaker from Troy who is also running for secretary of state in 2022. He's running in the Republican primary along with Christian Horn, Ed Packert and Jim Ziegler. An Athens man is facing charges for traveling to meet an underage male for sex. Joel Romero was discovered with a 15-year-old boy by a Colbert County Sheriff's deputy. The deputy was patrolling Stone Gap Road when he spotted an F-150 truck parked at a dead end with no lights on. The deputy approached the truck and questioned the two. The underage male told the authority that the meetup was arranged through Grindr, which is a dating app. Romero claims that he thought the male was 22 years old. He's now facing multiple charges that have already been turned over to a grand jury. Court documents also show that police are working to execute a search warrant of Romero's car and cell phone. The Alabama Baptist State Board of Missions is going to be sending some groups over to Ukraine soon to provide humanitarian aid and relief. The faith-based organization will be helping those Ukrainians who had to flee the cities and enter into surrounding countries due to the Russian invasion. Mark Wakefield spoke about it to WBRC News. We're going to be working primarily with people We're going to be helping the churches in Romania who are already helping Ukrainians who are moving uh, to get away from the war. So we could be feeding, we could be assisting with just helping people get their cell phone charged. We could uh, provide hot tea. I, I hope we have an opportunity to listen to people and let them tell their story. The groups will head over in late April. Donations for the cause are more than welcome. 
And the American Freedom Tour is coming to Alabama. That means former President Donald Trump will be in the state. Birmingham is the location for the rally, but the venue has yet to be decided. The rally date is set for June 18, 2022, and will include other speakers such as Dinesh D'Souza, Kimberly Guilfoyle, and Sheriff Mark Lamb. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, debate over the SCOTUS nominee Kintaji Jackson-Brown got underway in the U.S. Senate on Tuesday. Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin lamented the fact that the committee vote on Jackson as a nominee was an even split, 11 to 11. Durbin says that Brown will still get a vote on the Senate floor despite that since three Republican senators crossed over and joined Democrats to make it happen. I want to give a special shout out to Mitt Romney, to Lisa Murkowski, and Susan Collins. Dubin also praised Jackson as a future Supreme Court justice. She deserves bipartisan support. Once on the court, when she starts writing her record, many who are opposing her now will realize their mistake. But for the time being, we've got an opportunity to make history with an extraordinary nominee, and I'm glad that we're going to do it this week. Senator Tom Cotton of Arkansas did not. Judge Jackson may be a fine woman, but she is a dangerous judge. She built her career as a far-left activist, and it didn't change when she put on a robe 10 years ago. She personifies activism from the bench. She has crusaded to undermine criminal sentences, and she cannot be trusted to interpret the law or the Constitution as written. Special Counsel John Durham is back in the news after filing court documents late Monday night. The legal documents now offered by Durham are in regards to his ongoing investigation into the Russia collusion scandal. And the more documents he reveals, the more it points to Hillary Clinton and her 2016 presidential campaign as a joint venture and conspiracy to undermine her opposition, Donald Trump. The key pieces of evidence offered recently include a text message by Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman in which he made false statements to the FBI about who he was working for when he offered them a false piece of evidence to connect Donald Trump to Russia's Alpha Bank in Moscow. After he made those statements to the FBI, Sussman then testified to the House Intelligence Committee where he did reveal that he was working on behalf of his client, who was Hillary Clinton. In the filing, Durham also wrote that any parties connected to Clinton or Sussman are acting in a joint venture as co-conspirators. A doctor is getting her license reviewed in the state of Maine after she publishes an analysis of the COVID-19 vaccines by using raw data from the Center for Disease Control and the equivalent government agency in the United Kingdom. Dr. Merrill Nass is a board-licensed internal physician and medical researcher. Nass says that she used the data from 30 million adults in New York and California, with three-quarters of them being fully vaccinated, In the study, her conclusion was that those vaccinated are three times more likely to develop COVID-19 than those with natural immunity who are also unvaccinated. Those vaccinated had higher rates of hospitalization as well, and the vaccine failure cannot be blamed on the Omicron variant since the study she conducted occurred during the peak of the Delta variant. The main board of medicine is investigating NASS and her license, saying that she's been disseminating COVID-19 misinformation, including the prescribing of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, and they're even requiring that NAS get a psychological exam. NAS runs a clinical practice in Maine and is a biological warfare epidemiologist. She's also testified before Congress six different times and addressed individual state legislatures on bioterrorism and vaccine safety.
Well, there was more to that Twitter purchase than meets the eye on Monday. Tesla CEO Elon Musk started out the week with the purchase of 9% shareholder stake in social media company Twitter. Now Musk has joined Twitter's board of directors. In a regulatory filing, this new move was revealed by Twitter leadership. Musk will be on the board until his term expires in 2024, and during that time, he is limited to no more than a 14.9% purchase of shares in the company. Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal says Musk will bring great value to the board in order to make the company stronger in the longer term. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Don't miss out on Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he puts libs on parade. First of all, why should a mom be having to save her daughter from trans orthodoxy at school? Well, that's a great question. Public school? Yes. Uh, Wisconsin. Starts off by saying, Teresa, that's the mother's name, actually the name they're going by in the article because she wanted to remain anonymous. Teresa remembers the rage in her daughter's eyes. The 12-year-old, 12. The 12-year-old insisted she was now a boy and her new name was Leo. Her mother, not ready to accept this, was a transphobe in the daughter's eyes, and that's why everybody hated her. Teresa's daughter did have a history of anxiety and depression, but this was new. And counselors at the local mental health facility decided to affirm her feelings, and they urged Teresa and her husband to identify their daughter by her new name and pronouns. Teresa, the mother, insists that she was amenable to the idea, but not yet, not until a professional had taken time to work with her daughter and to cause her daughter to go through the hard work of going through therapy and deciding what gender transitioning really means. And she says she hated me. And Teresa says she worried about the permanent damage that a rash decision could cause. Well, despite their daughter's protest, the article says, Teresa and her husband decided it'd be best that she be identified as a girl and by her real name when she returned to school in mid-January after the Christmas break. They assumed their local suburban Milwaukee school district would support their rights as parents to make this delicate medical decision for their daughter. They were wrong. Leaders of her daughter's middle school told Teresa that while they couldn't change her name officially in the records and her gender, that they would refer to her as a boy and by her chosen name, Leo, because it's what the daughter wanted. Quote, we're an advocate for the child and not for the parent, they told her. This is, they went on to file suit. And there's a wave of these lawsuits nationwide. In her case, the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty and the Alliance Defending Freedom, a national organization, are fighting the fight on their behalf. And these wave of lawsuits, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous the fact that we have to actually fight this kind of thing. The very idea that a school district would say, this is what we believe is best for your child. Uh, that's not your role. You can find more of that podcast at rightsideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail and have been subscribed for a while, feel free to go to the main page either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and drop me a five-star rating. And feel free to send a link to a friend to get them informed as well. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 